Hello there, I'm Patrick Stroh. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. For most people, insurance is something that you pay for, but you hope you'll never use. Even when it works, people are still not happy because something bad has had to happen in order for you to put your policy to use. Now, there are insurance products out there that provide tangible monetary value without the policyholder ever having to suffer a loss. Rep and warranty insurance for M&A transactions provides this very value-added capability. And that's what inspired me to pivot our program here, Rubicon M&A Insurance, to focus on uh, insuring M&A transactions. Today, I've asked Austin Leo of USI Insurance Services to join me to discuss another product out there called trade credit insurance. Like rep and warranty, trade credit provides significant financial benefits without ever having to incur a loss. That's probably why private equity firms are now warming up to this and using it on more and more of their portfolio companies. But I'll let Austin tell you how. Austin, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the program. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Glad to be here. Well, now, to give everybody listening here some context, how did you get to this point in your career where you're a specialist in this very technical uh, area of insurance? Sure. So good question. Um, sometimes I ask myself that myself. Um, so, you know, started off um, my career actually working in PR um, and then ended up um, at a company. They were a French company that um, specialized in um, company information uh, in the B2B sector and um, advertising your products in that sector to specialized clients um, uh, ended up, you know, uh, you know, really liking that part of um, of the business, um, especially the information side of that, um, and ended up at a um, insurance firm by the name of Cofos. Now, Cofos is a French insurer, second largest trade credit insurer in the world. Um, and I started off there as an underwriter um, and uh, soon found that um, insurance was fascinating to me, um, especially the trade credit side of things where, as you mentioned, you know, you don't really need to um, find the value um, when a claim happens, um, you can do that much earlier and, and we can talk about that. But um, anyway, ended up, you know, as an underwriter at Cofos, went to manage our global clients um, and then went on to the broker side of the business um, with my own firm and then eventually joining USI. Well, as with a real diverse industry like insurance, there are products that can cover any number of different exposures. Why don't we help uh, the audience out here with what is exactly trade credit and then who uses it or who's the traditional user of a trade credit insurance policy? Sure. So uh, trade credit insurance is um, helps companies uh, identify their risks. It provides companies with information on their customers. Um, the insurance side of it really covers a company who's selling on open account terms, open account credit terms. To another company, it helps them uh, mitigate that risk against non-payment, uh, slow payment, or bankruptcies um, and insolvencies. So, you know, you're selling to another company uh, for whatever reason they don't pay you or cannot pay you. Uh, that's when credit insurance would kick in um, and pay a claim on the non-payment side of it. 
So they step in and pay your outstanding accounts receivables because the client disappears or is somehow unable to pay. That's exactly right. And the traditional policy holders, I can think of these where you've got big ARs out there where large industrial manufacturers, textiles, uh, commodity type things. Um, that could be the typical client of this. But nowadays, are there other clients, particularly in the tech sector, where this could be used? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and <clears throat> you're, you're right, Patrick. Um, you know, a lot of companies that, that have used trade credit insurance are, you know, um, manufacturers, distributors, um, commodity um, uh, traders, um, uh, you know, manufacturer, distributor of components. Um, and that was kind of the traditional side of, of a user of, of trade credit insurance. Um, used it for multiple things, you know, both risk mitigation and um, enhancement to financing and sales. Um, but now we're finding that in the tech sector, um, you know, a couple of things are, are happening, right? Tech companies tend to be a bit focused on sales, um, especially um, to companies they might not have a ton of information on um, or are new to the industry. Um, so that leaves you, you know, at risk to, to um, non-payment um, or lack of information on your companies. Um, and as I always say, you know, a sale isn't a sale until it's paid or collected, right? So um, it's yeah. great that you're, you know, sales focused and um, offering open account terms to, to other companies, but uh, until it's paid, it's, um, it's not a sale. Um, so that's where we find tech companies um, benefiting from the trade credit side of things. You know, you get a heavy AR um, stack on the books. Um, the last thing you want is for multiple uh, companies not paying you, customers not paying you. Um, and then I mentioned on the information side, um, you know, newer companies, um, prospective clients, um, it's tough to, to pull information. I mean, of course, you know, you can, you know, Duns and Bradstreet, um, Credit Safe is a provider of, of B2B uh, company uh, information. Um, the insurance companies also have big databases filled with information, um, and they do their due diligence. I mean, the last thing they want to do is, you know, pay a claim, right? They want to be profitable. So the information that we find from the insurers uh, tends to be better than some of the stuff we find from, you know, like a DMB. So, um, yeah, I think the, the benefit in the tech side is, you know, data information on your prospects, clients, and then, of course, you know, mitigating the risk of non-payment or insolvency from those clients. Um, the other thing that we find is uh, the financial benefit. Before we get into the financial benefit, uh, I just want to go back just on a real nice uh, uh, use case scenario. So you have what the service that you can provide is your, the insurance product can provide background checks for prospective customers. So if you are a uh, tech firm, you're about to sign a major contract with a potential customer, they could turn to their trade credit insurance and say, we want to sign up this company in South Korea uh, as, as a client. They're going to pay us X dollars. And we don't have as much information, but the insurance company with their resources can find out whether or not that potential client in South Korea is a good or bad credit risk. Is that is that how that works? Yeah, that's correct. So, um, yes, you know, we, we want to sell the company A in um, in China, you know, it's notoriously kind of known in China that it's tough to get financials. Um, the insurers are able to do that along with the banks. 
Um, so yeah, you know, we expect to have, you know, a 2 million open, you know, AR exposure at any given time, high AR exposure at any given time. Um, what do you guys think? And then the trade credit insurers will come back and say, well, you know, uh, you know, either yes, we'll, we'll approve the two million, and um, and here's why, or we'll do a partial approval of that, um, and give you information on why. You know, maybe they're late to pay other suppliers, and that's in their database. Maybe their financial conditions have worsened, um, or you know, the last answer you want to hear is is no, um, but it's it's relevant you know, uh, information, right? Last thing you want to do is try to turn a bad credit into a good credit. Never works out. We've seen it time after time. So, um, yes, there's the, the credit insurance informations are, um, I'm sure the credit insurance companies, uh, are all members of a burn union and they share information with one another. So you know, you're seeing information that, you know, the banks get, the insurers get, um, but you might necessarily not. Wow. So then not only are you protecting a client, from from a prospective loss, but you're just giving them that that background information so that they can make a better decision. That's got to improve. You know, they're not necessarily, I think, guaranteeing these ARs out there, uh, but they are really protecting those. That's, that's got to uh, make a company's lenders really happy. I mean, I, you you had just referenced maybe their financial benefit. I can imagine. You know, with their uh, with their lenders, a company's lenders would love if the company had this kind of protection. Yeah, and and you bring up a good point, Patrick. So, um, yeah, the lenders they they love trade credit insurance, especially when there is a ABL, an asset based lending facility, in place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, companies everybody thinks about their assets, right? You know, you have you have you have people, you have um, you have your your property, you have your inventory. All of those are insured, right? Um, a lot of the times, companies don't think about your your receivables as as an asset, um, and they are. And in some in some cases, they're the largest asset a company has. So, um, the lenders love it when the foreign receivables are insured with trade credit insurance, because it allows them to include those into the borrowing base of an ABL. It also allows them and their credit folks in the bank to feel comfortable um, raising advance rates, which is really key. You know, you can have a company that has a facility that's getting, you know, an 80% advance rate on their, on their assets. Uh, with trade credit insurance, the bank can bump that up to 85, 90%. We've seen companies that have gotten, you know, a million, two million, just an increase in working capital just from having a trade credit insurance policy. Wow. And so in addition to mitigating risk on the one side, you're now improving their uh, accessibility to more cash. Uh, and that's, that's got to be just a great benefit that offsets any cost on this. Um, this this can also be used in a couple of other things, not just for increasing your cash, flow, uh, your, your cash but uh, does it impact on other operational things like your sales? Yes, yes, it does. Um, so you know, you could have um, you could have a group of customers, right? Where your credit folks internally within your organization say, "We've looked at the financials based on the information that we have. Uh, you know, credit report financials. We're comfortable granting two million dollar limit um, for them and, and credit." Um, whereas you know, there could be a credit insurer saying, 
you know, that's great. Um, you know, we have information. We can justify a $4 million limit. Um, and we'd be willing to, to include that in the credit insurance policy and underwrite that and insure that. So, I mean, in essence, you know, you can go above and beyond what you might be comfortable doing internally from a credit standpoint. And you're just having a partnership with the credit insurance company, um, letting them take on that risk and really risk transferring that, which in turn, you know, if you can sell more to a customer, you're obviously going to increase your sales depending on how many times a year you do that and uh, what the open account terms are. So, yeah, we've seen companies, I mean, in general, and we have statistics on this based on what the insurers provide, um, company can increase their sales by 20% just by using the trade credit piece. Okay, so that's benefit three. Benefit one was protecting yourself with the information uh, on prospective customers that you can get from the trade credit insurance company. Number two is improving uh, terms from your lender so they can get uh, more cash flow, probably improve, improve their, uh, their lending rate. And then you can increase sales. So all of those are tangible, uh, testable, um, uh, you can do with evidence and so forth. So that really is something. Do you have any uh, case studies or uh, just use examples in the technology sector? I know you've been writing some tech companies lately. Uh, share with us some examples of that. Sure. So, um, you know, we had a, um, a tech company that we're working with um, that had a private equity company go in um, and partner with them, right? Um, one of the things that was a you know, not making them look so financially sound was um, the bad debt reserve that they had on their balance sheet. So, you know, tech company, as I mentioned, you know, tech companies can be somewhat focused on sales. So they were, um, but to the wrong companies, right? So um, piled on ton of AR, which turned into bad debt, which, you know, when you have bad debt, you have to keep a bad debt reserve on your balance sheet, um, which negatively impacts your working capital. So um, what we did for them is we were able to use credit insurance as a way to, to take out that bad debt reserve, right? You can completely remove that from your balance sheet, transfer that risk to the insurer, uh, in addition to that, they had, you know, two or three clients that were um, a concentration risk. So about three clients made up about 70% of their business. Um, so what we did and what the lender liked and, and the private equity company, um, they liked that removing that risk of concentration, right? Because God forbid something happens to, you know, one or two of those, those three big clients um, completely would put them out of business. So um, we're able to transfer that risk. Um, and then from a financial standpoint, uh, they were able to get um, additional working capital from some of the foreign receivables and an uh, increase to their advance rate on their um, ABL facility. Um, so, the working capital um, paid for the credit insurance policy um, times like 10. Um, and the the main thing that, you know, we're sitting down, we're talking with the CFO and he goes, you know, the, what I don't want is to detract from sales, right? We're a sales focused organization. That is where um, we want to stay focused. Uh, we need to grow. So the tool that they really liked was, you know, using one of the large insurers for their database. And even before selling to a company, a new customer, they were able to go into the online portal of the insurer, 
put in the company's name, where they're located, and the credit limit needed, and they would know before they even made the sale if that would be eligible for trade credit insurance, um, which gives them a competitive advantage, right? So, you know, the information, the lending, and then removing the bad debt reserve off their balance sheet um, completely changed this company. It was actually amazing to, been- to see what we were able to do for them. Yeah, the one thing is that private equity firms are notorious when it comes to insurance. They really do not like spending any dollars on premiums unless there is uh, some real value coming in. So it's a real validation for you uh, to have private equities firms now becoming more active and really warming up to that. Have you seen uh, a growing trend of that with private equity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, when, when private equities go in and they uh, invest in a company, uh, they want to make sure that they're getting the best return on their investment, right? Um, and they don't want to spend any more money than needed. Um, that's for sure. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, we've seen, I mean, you know, there's a way for us um, to do a financial uh, benefit review, right? So before you even get the trade credit insurance policy, um, there's a questionnaire that we have. Um, there's things that we like to review to see if it would be, you know, cost effective or cost prohibitive to the to the both the company and the the PE firm. So um, yet we're seeing private equities use trade credit insurance a lot more. Um, you know, over in Europe, uh, the trade credit insurance market is like. 60 to 70 percent of companies use trade credit. Uh, here in the U.S., it's about 12 to 15 percent. So I think wow. it's just you know a lack of knowledge, um, a lack of people out there in the marketplace uh, really educating people on trade credit, um, and we're starting to see that come around. So um, yeah, private equity firms are getting very keen to it and understanding the benefits um, and utilizing the trade credit, uh, you know, from financial benefit and from a risk mitigation benefit, for sure. Well, it's, all, it's also nice because even before they have to commit to securing a policy, uh, there, there is an application process, but they can find out dollar for dollar how much more they can make before they even have to get a policy. I think that's a real nice element. We see the same thing in do, proposing terms for rep and warranty where, you can go ahead and get the terms of a deal set up and we can already kind of model, well, here are ways that you're going to be able to exit the transaction with more cash than you would if there were no insurance. I mean, and, and usually the financial benefit is a multiple of whatever the cost is. So it, it, it's, as a lot of people say, once they learn about uh, trade credit a little bit more, just as with rep and warranty, the, the same two word uh, description, they just say it's a no brainer. And you know, right. that's that's why I I really think the more people that learn about this uh, and see how it's being deployed is a real real benefit. What's the application process? What the, is there a minimum uh, eligibility requirement? What's the process? So if someone were to reach out to you, how would they get started? Sure. So um, no, there's no minimum uh, requirement uh, for trade credit. There used to be, um, but as we've seen, you know. I was talking to a, um, a client of mine um, ten years ago. There was about you know maybe ten ins- uh, insurance companies who'd be willing to write, write trade credit. Now there's about twenty five or twenty six we can go to, um, which kind of you know changed the the market and um, added a ton of additional capacity into the marketplace and softened uh, the market as well, which is good for for prospective buyers. So um, 
No, listen, labor, not a very labor intensive application process. Basically, they want to understand, you know, um, what's, you know, who's your company? What do you guys do? Uh, have you had losses in the past? Who are your customers? Um, you know, one of the benefits from going through the application process is, as I mentioned, you have lots of markets to go to. Um, you have lots of insurers who have big databases full of information. Um, basically, you get a free review of your top 20 uh, customers. Um, by multiple sources. So, you know, you could have five or six trade credit insurance companies saying, here's what we think about all of your top 20 customers. Here's how we would risk rate them. And if we see any problems, here's what we see. Um, so it's a nice kind of due diligence um, process as well as, you know, looking into the product itself. So, no, essentially, um, you know, you can reach out to me. Um, we have our own application that all the insurers accept, and we'd be happy to guide you through the process and, um, and see if it's something that's right for the company. How long does the process take? Generally, uh, application, you know, sitting down, working on it. I've had clients fill it out within, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, I've had clients take months to get back to me, but I think it's just due to other priorities. But um, uh, listen, you know, I think, you know, sitting down, it should take no longer than 20 minutes to maybe an hour um, if you have all the information necessary. Well, the... um the other issue is just how long does it take for the insurance carriers to process it? Assuming full full submission, complete submissions out there, gets to you, you go to the 20 markets for them. Um, how long is the process? Weeks? Days? No, it's... It- you know, Patrick, it's relatively quick. Um, if we have a fill-in application and we submit it to the market, we expect to have responses back from the insurers within uh, a week to 12 days. So, um, you know, two weeks, you'll have all of the markets uh, have quoted, and we'll sit down with you and talk about the pros and cons to each. Okay. Well, that's then it's it, it there's no reason for someone not to reach out because just the just the having the information even if it if it's a no go that that information i think uh is of uh tremendous use to to business owners out there and and management firms and so forth austin these products are tailor made for each and every particular client there's not a lot of heavy lifting the cost is uh a a fraction of what the benefits are so there's no reason why you shouldn't be flooded with uh, people reaching out. How can our audience get a hold of you so that they can see if this is a fit for them? Sure. So um, you can feel free to contact me uh, via LinkedIn, which is Austin Leo. Um, you can reach out to me at austin.leo at usi.com. Uh, or there's always the phone, which is 908-240-5145. Excellent, Austin. Thank you very much for helping me bring in another value add that uh, doesn't require somebody suffering pain in order to get benefits. So thanks again. Patrick, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure.